Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Continue our series this morning dealing with behind the music. Behind the music when God shows up. When God shows up. But today I just want to begin with a couple of statements, if I may. The first statement I want to begin with is this Without God, our lives are nothing. In fact, the Bible talks about our lives being just a vapor. A vapor is just, it's gone. So without God, our lives are nothing. But look at this. But with God, our lives become supernatural. That means that anything and everything is possible. I love the thought. Here's the thought I have about supernatural, and that is this. God takes his super and touches your natural. Come on, how many want some super God to touch some natural stuff in your life? So the thought that we have is with God... Supernatural. He can touch those needs. Here's another statement for you today. Without God, we're just a noise. Anyone know some noise out there? You know some people that are just a noise? You know, it's just like a clanging cymbal. I mean, that's not the nicest sound in the world. If you just hit a cymbal and go, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Without God, you're just a noise. But guess what happens when you include God? With God, your noise now becomes praise to God. Praise to God. You see, when God is added to your lives, you can read it for yourself in John 10, verse 10. And you should all know that scripture. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. So when we add God or God is added to our lives, guess what? Our existence becomes an abundance. The opportunities are endless. And what I want to talk about today is when God shows up in your life. So it doesn't have to be without God. Our lives can be with God. When God shows up, I'm going to show you today that you will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same again. But what brings His presence? What is it that causes God to show up? That's what we're going to talk about today. But just before we talk about that, let me give you a brief recap of what we've been covering over the last few weeks, just to remind you. Praise and worship is more than just music or words. It's more than just a 20, 30 minute entertainment or time filler for all the latecomers to arrive. I believe praise and worship is life for the believer. I believe it is life that glorifies God 24 hours a day, seven days a week in every aspect of our lives. We began by looking at stolen praise. We talked about how Lucifer 
who was the morning star, tried unsuccessfully to steal praise for himself. And as a result, he was cast out of heaven. And as a result of him being cast out of heaven, he became the devil, he became the deceiver, he became the destroyer, he became the manipulator, he became the enemy of mankind. He wasn't always like that, but he became like that. Because what? He tried to take praise for himself. And it's been his mission ever since then to steal each one of our praise. And he does it through circumstances. We could list probably tons and tons of circumstances of how Satan tries to steal our praise. One person said, I believe it was Rachel, said on Wednesday night, she said, Satan steals my praise through finances. Anyone ever had your praise stolen through financial problems? Come on, it's easy to praise God when everything's going good. But come on, circumstances sometimes can steal our praise. Frustrations. Anyone ever been frustrated here? Come on, everyone, anyone ever been sick and had an illness? And it just, you know, God, if you really love me, I mean, why am I going? If we don't watch, we can allow our praise. Disappointments is another one. That we can be so disappointed when we allow our praise to be stolen. And Satan will stop at nothing. To steal our praise. And you know why Satan wants to steal your praise? I'm telling you why. Because he knows more than what we do. How powerful praise and worship really is. Satan knows the power of praise and worship. Unfortunately, many times greater than we do. Because if we really knew the power of really praising and worshiping God, we would never allow our praise to be stolen. We would never allow our praise to be silenced. Satan knows That praise and worship is life to the believer. And you and I cannot let him steal. We cannot be ignorant of his attacks, his wiles, his schemes, his devices. And that's why last week we talked about having a heart of worship. Having a heart of praise to God. That it has to come from the heart. The test we looked at last week was a heart of worship is a heart or a life that when everything else is stripped and taken away. But still there'll be praise that comes. I shared this illustration on Wednesday night in our small group. But you know what? I believe it was David Wilkerson who was the one who started Teen Challenge. He began in New York City with so many gang members. And he, and he had revival in these gangs and people got saved. And there's a story of it that's called that Nicky Cruz was saved. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Run Baby Run or read the book. An incredible story how, how this gang, leader of the gangs, was saved. But David Wilkerson was facing a situation one day and this gang said that if you don't shut up, we're going to cut your body into a million different pieces. And David Wilkerson said, if you cut my body into a million different pieces, every piece would still cry out, I love you, I love you, I love you. He was so full of the love and compassion he had for those people. And I began to relay the thought, I wonder if that was the same with us, if we were divided, if we were cut apart. I wonder if every part of us would still scream out praise and adoration and love to God. God wants every one of us to possess the heart of a champion, to have his heart inside of us. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you have ever had a rough day? How many of you have ever been in a situation where you haven't felt like giving God some praise? You didn't feel like getting your praise on. I mean, come on, anything else but that. I've had a tough time. It's been a rough week. 
But then I have to ask myself this. Does that change who he is? Does it change the fact that he still deserves my praise? And I've got to remind myself so many times, it's not about how I feel, but the fact that he deserves my praise. The fact that he's worthy. And you know, if God never did another thing for me, there's still enough that he's already done that I could praise him for eternity. Because I am blessed. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm changed. Come on, do I have a witness in the house? Come on, is there anyone in the house got something to praise God about today? Come on, I mean, we've got something to praise God about. But we've got to start giving God the glory and the praise. I mean, so many times we pray, God, save my husband, save my wife, save my kids. And God does it. And you know what? We forget. Come on, when's the last time you just threw your hands in the air and said, thank you, God, for saving my husband? You know, I haven't told you that for a while, but thank you, God. Thank you, God, for my job. Could always have a better one, but thank God for it. Thank God for everything that you've blessed me with. Because that's true praise. True praise is not about you. True praise is all about him. That comes from the heart. Listen to me, praise and worship is not a denominational thing. It's a Christian thing. If you're a Christian, I believe it's something that you do. It's a love relationship thing. And praise is getting his attention. And when we get his attention, here's where we are today. God shows up. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. When God shows up. What an incredible thought. And I want you to get that. When God shows up. Don't just let that run over you. I think about the God that we're talking about. It's not just a God. It's the God. An awesome God. I I love reading in the first book part of the Bible, Genesis. I love reading the creation account sometimes. Because it just reminds me how awesome God is. We so often forget and we put God in a box and we think God's just this mean guy up there that's telling me what I can do and what I can't. And if I don't do it right, he wants to slap me and punish me. We put God in a box with our way of thinking. If you want to know what God is or who God is, why not read Genesis again? He is so powerful and he is so great that he opened his mouth and he said, hey, let trees appear. Bam, trees appeared. You know what? There's too much darkness in with this light and too much light in this darkness. Can you just separate? Bam, they separated. You know what? There's too much water here. I want some land here. So you go back and he drew a line that the oceans cannot even cross till today. And he spoke and bam, it happened. I want you to understand today that when we're talking about God shows up, we're not talking about the mother-in-law that you wished she would hurry up and leave. Come on, you're not talking about that person that you don't like. We're talking about the creator of the universe. We're talking about the one that loves you so much. The one that he's given his angels charge over you that they can lift you up. That you won't have to see yourself stumble and fall through life. We're talking about a one that gave heaven's best. His son for you. That he came and he died that you and I could have life. That's the God that we're talking about. The ones to show up in your life. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not ashamed to say, God, I want you to show up. I need you to show up. I can't do it on my own. Come on, I can't make it on my own. I may be a strong person and I've got a great strong personality and I can talk to anyone and I can... But you know what? Without God, I can't make it. I can't do it. I need God to show up. Every one of us needs God to show up in our lives. Hmm, I love that. That God wants to show up in my life. Because when his presence comes, 
Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Turn with me this morning, if you were, to Psalms chapter 22. I'm going to read three verses, three through five. It says this. But you are holy. But you are holy. Talking about God. Another description of God. God, you're so incredible. You're so set apart. There is none your equal. You know one of the definitions of holy that I love the most about God is this. That he is incapable of doing wrong. It means when he's holy, he's going to do his word. What he says in his word, he's accountable to that. So he's holy. So he's going to do those things that he has promised in our lives. But you are holy. You are enthroned in the praises of Israel. Your people. Today, we're the people of God. We're the Israel of God. Verse 4. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted in you and you delivered them. They cried out to you and they were delivered. They trusted in you and they were not put to shame. Didn't Doug just talk about that? That they were not put to shame. In fact, thanks Doug, you just preached half of my message for next Sunday morning. But I love you anyway. They trusted in you and they were not put to shame. New Living Translation says they were never disappointed. How incredible that would be written that they were never, not a disappointment in their life. You see, as a result of God's power, What we just read there was his deliverance came. God's power showed up. And as a result, his deliverance came. But what brought his power? What is going to bring the power of God into every one of our lives? It's his presence. It's him showing up. It's him being there. But then the next thought is this. What brought his presence? But you are enthroned in the praises. The praises of his people. We just read as individuals just like us. You know, the people of the Bible were just like us. Unfortunately, we're too like many of the ones who kind of screwed up real bad. But we're just like them. But when a group of individuals just like us began to praise God, in their circumstances, in their situations, and they began to cry out to God, His presence came, God showed up, and His power moved. He is enthroned in the praises of His people. What that means is, as we literally praise God, we build Him a throne. We piece together a throne for him to come down and dwell in. When we were singing today, we were putting a throne, building a throne that his presence could come. When we're in our car and we're praising God, we're in our job, when we're at school, when we're in the grocery store, when we're on the soccer field, wherever we may be, as we glorify God with our lives, we literally build a place where his presence can come. That's a responsibility of ours to create a presence, to create a place where God can come and he can fill. You see, praise is the pathway to God's presence. Praise is the pathway to God's presence. Praise will bring the presence of God. At times it will take you into his presence. But also 
At other times, it will bring his presence into your life. Now, you may ask, well, Philip, okay, that's well and good. You're saying that praise brings his presence, but I thought that God was omnipresent, which he is. Omnipresent means he is present at all places, at all times. He is everywhere. So if he's ministering to me, he can also be ministering to Dale, he can be ministering to Doug, he can be ministering to Arnold because Arnold's depressed today because his life is almost over. He turns 59 today, ladies and gentlemen. Josh said he's got one more year left, whatever that means. He's got one more year left before his life really starts. That's what we're talking about. But you know what? You may say, well, I thought God's presence was everywhere. It is. But listen to this. His presence is everywhere. But he's not always made welcome. His presence is everywhere. But he's not always made welcome. I heard an example of what praise does in welcoming God's presence. And I thought it was so incredible. And it says this, praise is the red carpet treatment. That you're rolling out the red carpet and you are saying by the act of your life, by the praise from your heart, by what you are, you are saying every second of every moment of every day to the best of your ability, you're saying, God, I want you. I want you with me. I need you to be there with me. I need your help in my business. I need my help with my family. I need your help in everything I do. It's the red carpet treatment. I long for you, God. I need you. It welcomes him into your world. How often do we just go through life and we don't even welcome God into our world? But yet we sure blame him when everything falls apart. And we say, God, why weren't you there? I thought your presence is everywhere. Yes. But have we made him welcome? Have we made him welcome? Praise also, and this is just a bonus for you today, but it's a good bonus. Praise is also a remedy for those times when you feel alone and you feel that no one cares and you're deserted and feel forsaken. Because praise can begin to compose a song of a testimony of the goodness of God in your life and it will change your whole life. So the result of praise is this. God enters God enters. His presence will live. His presence will take up residence in our lives. The word enthroned that we just read of in Psalms 22 or inhabited in the Hebrew means four things. The first thing is this, to sit down. It means God comes and he sits down. If someone's going to sit down, it's an indication that they want to be there. So as we begin to build a throne, it's literally that God comes to sit. I read a book once called Tommy Tinney, and Megan alluded to it, I believe, Wednesday night. It's an incredible book called God Chases. If you've never read it, even if you just read the first two chapters, your life will be completely changed. In fact, when I picked up that book, I didn't think I got past the third chapter until I'd read the first two or three about four or five times. Incredible. You just sit there weeping and saying, God, I want your presence in my life just like that. I want to sense that. But in one of the later chapters, he talks about a friend that he had who was overweight. And it had been recorded many times that that guy had sat on chairs and they had collapsed under his weight. And this guy said, I'm never going to break another chair because of the embarrassment that came upon him. And Tommy Tinney recorded in the story about how his friend would come and visit people. But what his friend would always do before he took his coat off, he would always scour around the room to make sure that there was a chair that was strong enough to hold his weight. 
And if there was nothing there that could hold his weight, he would keep his jacket on. He would visit for a few moments, but he would always have an excuse or a reason why he had to go. Tommy Tinney likened that to the presence of God, the glory of God. God showing up in our lives. How many times does he come because his glory is so great, he's so heavy, he's so weighty, if you want to put it that way, because there's nothing his presence cannot do. But yet he comes into our lives and he scours around and he's looking for a place that can hold him, a place that desires him, a place that has built a throne that says, God, you're so important, I want you in my life. And he says, and if he doesn't see that, he'll maybe visit for a few moments but he hasn't even taken his coat off and he'll leave. As we build God a throne, as we say, God, you're enthroned. God wants to sit down. He comes. He sits in our midst. The other thought is this. He remains. He's not just looking for a five minutes place to rest. He wants to stay with us. He wants to settle And the last definition, perhaps the best, is this. He wants to marry. He wants to be joined together with us. He wants to partner with us. You see, God used to walk every day. I believe the best time of the day for God was when he went and hung out with Adam and Eve. They were his prized possession. They were that which he loved so much. And every day the Bible says he would walk in the garden with them. He'd talk with them and just hang out with them. How incredible that must have been. But it was just as incredible for God as it was for Adam and Eve. That God desired relationship with that which he had created. Because of sin, there was separation. I can see God in heaven longing for that relationship. It's the same now. God is longing for a place where he can come and he can sit. He can settle. He's welcomed in. That he can be once again partnered and joined with you. That you don't have to walk through life on your own. That you don't have to face the struggles and the hardships alone. But you've got a mighty God that wants to be married and joined with you. God doesn't want to merely visit us when we praise Him. But His presence, He wants to abide within us as we partner with Him in a growing relationship. Every one of us can give a testimony to the fact that visitors come and visitors go. Maybe you've had some friends come over lately. They come and they go. Maybe you've had some family that have come in town for a while. They come and they go. And some of you are glad when they come. And some of you are really glad when they go. Some of you can humor it because you know they're only here for a couple of days. So hold on. But here's the thought. Is God a visitor to our life? Is God a visitor to your life? Does he just visit you Sunday morning when you get your praise on in the house? Because are we looking for a visitation? Or are we looking for a habitation? Because the Bible tells me that through the word and throne, God's not looking to visit. God's looking to dwell. God's looking to inhabit. To be married, to be joined, to be there. And a life of praise, a heart of praise, is an environment that God says, pack up the U-Haul 
we're moving in. We're moving in. What we also read in those three verses in Psalms 22, there's three kind of key words right there. Three key words in those few verses that says this, praises, trusted, and delivered. Say that with me, praises, trusted, and delivered. Anything that's written in God's word is not there by chance. You're not going to just stumble over it and, oh, there's no meaning to it. Everything that's recorded in God's Word has meaning, not only for what it spoke about, but it has meaning for your life today. I believe that. That's why the Bible says it's alive and living. Why? Because it's not dead words of what happened, past tense. It's words of life that still want to happen in your life. So as I look at those words, praise, I begin with a thought of praise. As I begin to praise, I know this now, God comes. But as a result of him coming, what's the next thing that the fathers in those passages that we read of said began to happen? They began to have a trust. They trusted in God. If you spend a little bit of time with someone, you're going to begin to trust them. You're going to begin to understand them. When circumstances and situations arise and they prove themselves to be true, you begin to trust them. So the next time something comes up, you trust them because of what they did the last time. Are you with me? As we begin to praise God, as we begin to bring His presence in, and His presence comes, relationship builds, and as a result of relationship, there can be such a trust. Thank God for that trust. Because there's been times when circumstances and situations have told me to give up. Come on, do I have a witness in the house? That there's no hope. But thank God, because of a life of praise and God showing up and we're married, we're partnered, we're joined together. His presence is made to welcome. There's a trust. And as a result of that trust, there's relationship. He stays. He dwells. He's there. As a result of that trust, guess what? Deliverance comes. Victories come in our lives. But praise is not something, therefore, that you can say, well, that's cool. So if I praise God, he's going to come. And then as he comes, I can trust him. And then he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And, oh, I want God to do this for me. So I'm just going to praise him and just say, like, I trust him. And Listen, you can't manipulate God with your praise. There's people out there that think they can control God. You can't control God. Hello? You can't control God. You cannot control, manipulate God, but through praise, guess what? You can align your life to His truth. Did you catch that? Through praise, you can align your life. It's like the cogs. You know what? You can be a little bit off balance, but when you get praise, you align yourself to the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. So it's not that you're controlling God, but it's like now God's fully in control of your life. And He's right there. So praise aligns ourselves to his truth. And here's the truth of God. His is the power and ours is the privilege. It's our responsibility to welcome him into our world, into every part of our lives. So as we praise him, his presence comes. God shows up. But you know what? There's another aspect that we often kind of don't really talk about. And that is thank God for praise, but there's also worship. Praise and worship is like salt and pepper. They go together. They're a similar thing, but they have a different flavor. They have a different purpose. You see, praise brings His presence. But through worship, we fully enter into His presence. Catch that. Praise brings it down. 
But through worship, we enter into that. Praise, yes, is the pathway. But worship is the ability that we have to walk along this pathway. Praise releases His glory and worship releases us into His glory. I likened it like this. Praise is like the invite. You send people out an invite. Come to my house. We're having a pate. Come around. Praise is the invite. But you know what worship is? Worship is the host that you are. That you take care of. So praise is the invite. But you know what? Worship is the fact of they've shown up. They've come. That you are participating in them. As I begin to praise, as you begin to praise, I want you to see a picture of what happens. God drops everything and gets involved in your life. As you begin to praise God, as you begin to welcome Him, it doesn't matter what God is doing, He drops everything. And He comes right where you're at. I've got a challenge for you today. As we began this service with praise and worship today, the challenge I have for you today was, or is this, was it your praise or the praise of someone beside you that brought his presence here today? I mean, did you really praise God? Did you really welcome Him? Did you really say, or was it the fact that someone else was really praising that brought His presence in this place? I've realized this in my life. I don't want to live at the mercy of anyone else. When I've got the ability within myself to be able to bring His presence in, I don't want to wait for the band to bring the presence of God when I can bring the presence of God myself. You see, it's not the role of the band just to lead or just to bring the presence of God. It's their role to lead us in praise and worship to God. It's their role to lead every one of us. You know what? And I don't want to live, as I said, at the mercy of other people. People laugh at me and say, man, you love to praise God. You better believe I love to praise God because I want His presence in my life. I need Him there with me. I want to honor Him and give Him the glory and all the honor and the praise. Some of you look at me, I know you do, and you say, well, it's okay for him. It's easy for him to praise. I mean, he's got the best job in the world. He's a pastor. All he does is sit and reads his Bible and prays all day. <laughs> Love a job like that. I mean, absolutely incredible. Man, come to the office for a couple of days, and you will see that prayer and reading your Bible, I wished I could do a whole lot more of it, but there's a lot of things. And people can look and say, well, you know, you don't have any problems. Some people have even said to me this, and, and, you know, that's great. I I think I could do your job a whole lot better than you. You're not doing this and doing that. And I've looked at people and said to them, well, that's great. If God wanted you to be the pastor here, he would have made you the pastor here. And I'm not saying that in a braggadocious way. I take full responsibility, and I'm telling you, I take serious what I believe here. But you know what? There's some things that are going to be done and have to be arranged and stuff that people maybe don't understand at all. But please trust and believe that we're making the best decisions that we possibly can for people. 
But just because you look at someone and you think their life's good, you know, they've got a wonderful family like I have, the, you know, the blessing of God's upon them, you know, and, and you can look and, and just all these kind of things. You can look and say, wow, everything's going good. But it does not exempt you from problems. It doesn't exempt you. In fact, some of you may be shocked at the things that I have to struggle and go through in my life. Just the attacks and the lies and just everything that Satan throws against us. Why? Because sometimes the people that we can look at and say, wow, if only I could be like them, their life is easy. Perhaps they're a greater target than we even realize at times. And I know in my life there's challenges for me because the Bible says if you destroy the shepherd, you scatter the sheep. So here's the reality today, and I want to tell you this, and be honest with you today, it's not that I don't have problems, because I do. But I know what to do with those problems. I refuse to allow those problems to dictate my life. I refuse to allow those things to rule my mind and get into my heart. I refuse to believe the lies of the enemy, but instead, you know what I begin to do? I begin to release the praise of God into my life. I surround myself with praise and worship. In my car, I praise and worship God. You know what? I praise and worship God. I wake up in the morning, put my iPod on while I'm shaving. I'm singing and I'm praising God. You know, I just love to worship God. When I come in, I turn praise and worship on. I love to praise and worship God. I love to sing. I love just to usher in His presence in my life. Why? Because praise is the pathway I have chosen to bring about victory in my life. And in this church, because I've realized this, if I can get His presence down, that causes anything to happen. Quickly turn with me as I get ready to close this morning to Acts chapter 16. And I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but it fits here today too. You've got to love these two boys. Doing right, yet being done wrong could be the title of this story. They were doing right, doing exactly what God told them to do. Doing right, but yet they were done wrong. Look what it says in verse 22 of Acts 16. Then the multitudes rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes, and they commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they threw them, Paul and Silas, into prison and commanded the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now here's where the story changes. Here's the changing part of the story. Verse 25, but at midnight. Say that with me, but at midnight. If there was ever a time... When they didn't feel like praising God, it had to be right now. I'm not going to go into great detail, but if there was ever a time they didn't feel like praising God, it was right now. Not only were they in prison, in stocks, in a hole in the midst of a prison, it couldn't get much worse than that, but they were also being punished for doing what God had called them to do. I mean, if ever there was a time where they didn't feel like praising God, it was right now. But listen to me, they knew something that we need to grab a hold of. If you don't hear anything else I've preached today, this is a nugget of truth from God's Word that you need to grab a hold of. And that is this, they knew something and here's what they knew. If ever we needed God, if ever we needed His presence, it's right now. 
come on, I mean, come on. If there is ever a time that we need God to show up, it's right now. I mean, thank God when he showed up with this and thank God when he showed up with that. But you know what? We could have maybe made it through. We maybe struggled a little bit, but we could have. But come on, they knew that if God didn't show up right now, it was kaput, it was over, there was no hope. If ever they knew that there was a time they needed God, it was right now. So what did they do? What do we do? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They began to have church in that place. Come on, they began to praise God. Come on, that jailhouse became a a great, I mean, there was a celebration in there. They began to pray. I don't know who prayed first. Maybe Paul went first. And he began to pray. And then Silas said, well, let me pray, brother Paul. And they began to pray. And then all of a sudden, Paul said, you know what, Silas, I think we should sing a song. Which song do you want? And they began to sing and they began to praise God. And all of a sudden, guess what? There was people listening. There's people listening. You see, here's what I want you to see before we get to it. The presence of God that we usher in through our praise and worship not only will touch our lives, but it's going to touch others too. Come on, if you're not getting your praise on, you can be affecting your family that you've been praying years for. Come on, if you're not getting your praise on, you can be affected. No wonder your family don't want to come to church. They see you as miserable as sin Monday through Friday. But if we can get people into God's presence, things will happen. I like what Doug said in his testimony last Friday night. Found himself in prison. Found himself in a place that he didn't like. But he was in a service That God's presence was welcomed into. And Doug said to God, if you're really real, then take these cigarettes from me. And that night he didn't realize that God not only took those cigarettes, he cleaned his mouth up. He cleaned his life up. He took away every craving for alcohol, nicotine, just everything that he had struggled with in his life. God cleaned him up. You see, what happens is when we get people in the presence of God, their lives will never be the same again. Verse 26, suddenly, not by chance, but by praise. Not by chance, but by praise. By praise, suddenly. As the praises went up, guess what? His presence came down. And when God shows up, stuff happens. Lives are changed. Lives will never be the same. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors, say that with me, all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Look at this. Praise brought presence. Presence brought freedom. Freedom brought salvation, and salvation brought deliverance. Let me say that one more time. Praise brought his presence when God shows up. Then because of that presence, there was freedom. Everyone's bonds that held them bound and the doors that locked them things, they were opened. And guess what? From that freedom came salvation. What must I do to be saved was the cry that the jailer cried out. And because of salvation, there came complete deliverance in their lives. Isn't that what we just read of in Psalms 22? It begins with praise and then God shows up and we can begin to trust him and then deliverance will come. So what will you do? Have I convinced you enough yet? 
Praise and worship is more than just music and words. That's why we're looking behind the music to discover what it really is. It's a weapon of life that Satan has no reply to. Come on, you should have amened that, so I'm going to hit you with that one again. It's a weapon of life that you and I have that Satan has no reply to. He can try and silence and he can try and hinder, but he cannot stop unless you allow him to. You're the only one that can silence the praise in your life. You're the only one. How do I know this? Jeremiah's thrown in a pit and he's up to his armpits in mud. But there was something inside of him that he said, you know what, you can tell me to be quiet all you like. But Jeremiah said, there's a fire that's kind of burning inside. Have you ever touched something hot? If you touch something hot, you're going to have a response and it's going to go something like this. Ow. Come on, it's not going to be a little, ow. You touch something hot, you're going to, ah, oh, oh. Come on. But it wasn't something touched. He didn't touch something. He was touched on the inside. And there was a fire that began to burn inside of him. And he tried to keep quiet. But the more he kept quiet, the more a praise began to arise from out of him. Come on, God, give us a fire inside that no matter what the world tries to put around us, no matter what Satan throws at us, we're going to still praise God. It may be an ouch, it may be an oh my, but come on, God will even accept that as praise. As we begin to cry out to Him, we cry out to Him. You see, when we truly praise God, not just because of the stuff, oh, thank God for my new car, praise God, not just that. Thank God for my new job. Not just that. Thank God for my pay raise. We're quick to do that. But when we can start coming and say, thank God my car broke down, but God, you're still going to help me. God, I may have lost my job, but God, that means you just got something better for me. Well, God, the doctors have told me I'm sick, but guess what? That's just another opportunity for you to move. You see, as we begin to praise God, not just because of the stuff, but through a heart, a sacrifice of praise for who He is. One statement, and I'm going to shut up. I don't praise to get. I praise to give. I don't praise to get. I'm going to praise God and He's going to give. No, I, I don't praise to get. I praise to give. Because God has already done so many things for me. When I think of his goodness, a song says, and I can relate to the guy who wrote the song. I just wished I could sing it like I really feel it. You know what I'm saying? I just wished I could express it like I feel. I wished I could move like some of these people and just dance what's inside. I can just kind of do that, what they call it, the Pentecostal two-step kind of stuff. But I wished I could just kind of move, you know, just have that move, you know. And it's something that you can't be taught. You've got to kind of just kind of, move with it. But I wished I could have that because when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I want to praise him. I want to shout. I want to give him the glory and the honor and the praise. Why? Because if it wasn't for God, I'd be lost and I'd be a screwed up mess. Thank God he showed up. And he didn't just show up past tense. He's showing up now. And he's going to be showing up tomorrow. Why? Because through a praiser, when we begin to praise him, when we begin to worship him, God shows up and anything is possible. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning?
For listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.